You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I pray that tonight God will speak to our hearts. For us at this church, it's a new beginning. We have not had it worse than you with COVID, but it's been difficult here. Much of our state has been opened. We have been under severe control. We're monitored, we're watched, we're turned in. Lawsuits. It's been a hard journey for the people of God. Very difficult time. If you would take a pulse of how your pastors tried to lead it, I've not tried to talk about COVID at all. It is very rare. I think you needed hope and help. And I believe God and messages of encouragement. The men that preached with me along, they, they preached so much and they just helped us. When we preached in this auditorium to empty seats, remember those days. Yes, There'd just be a few of us in here. Yes. It's a very difficult thing. We had tape music. We had a tape choir. It's just a little bit different to speak in a 3,000-seat auditorium with nobody present. And then the lockdown came. We could not meet in here like this, and we went outside. Our people are so great. They would park in parking lot one, and those those parking lot attendants would just jam them in there and parking lot two and, and, they'd, and then they'd come down the street. Folks wouldn't even get in here. They'd be around the corner and not even, they'd turn their radio to, had two different stations and they'd listen. I'd preach or these men would preach and if they agreed with something, they'd honk the horn. We could not have a choir. We didn't have a sound system for it. We'd preach from a stadium. We called it the stadium that was up about 16 feet. And it was just different. Yeah. Congregational singing, we'd have it, but we didn't know if anybody was singing. And it was raining out there, cold out there. We bought every blanket imaginable at Walmart, and people would come, and we just handed them out every week, and we had fire pits. And, and you know what the truth of the matter is? I never had one complaint. Not one complaint. Not one person murmured or complained. Of course, it may be helped that we let them bring Starbucks uh, to church. <laughs> and several ladies said, I, do we really have to go back in the auditorium? We have to go back. <laughs> then we came and the rules and the regulations and every other pew and, and uh, social distance, stand on your square. And we tried to obey the rules. Now, I know that across the country, some people think that we overtried, but you know, you know, every area is different. And back off some of these dear missionaries that are allowed two people in church. These dear missionaries that the men can go out on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays for two hours, and ladies can leave the house on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for two hours, and no congregating in church. And it's still that way in some of our mission fields. Oh, we're not there. We don't know what they're going through. Some of you have no idea what a mask is. We do. Last Wednesday, they came off. And I tell you what, I sit in my office and I've tried to have a good example. 
And every time I get up to walk in the hallways, I stand up and I put my mask back on. I've done that so many times this week since, uh, since Wednesday. I've seen my people's face today for the first time in, in an auditorium like this. And it's just wonderful. And so tonight, uh, COVID at this point has passed. There's going to be more. I don't know what they're going to conjure up next. But I'm going to come to you with this text tonight on this subject. To the greatest church in all the world that's unbelievable what you've done the last two years. I come to you on this subject tonight. Let's start again. Let's start again. And oh, how you've started again. The buses, we took the insurance off. They were not allowed to run. For one year, this, this bus ministry that brought in 1.5 million boys and girls and men and women over 40-some years, they sat here. It was hard for these men. It was so difficult for our bus workers. They'd see those buses brand new. We spent over a million and a quarter uh, dollars to buy new buses, and there they sat. Could not leave the property. It was such a sad thing. Sunday school classes had to stop. We were not allowed to. Nurseries stopped, and they reeled little babies into, into the cold tents. God bless the people of North Valley Baptist Church. Amen. But I tell you what, we're back. Amen. Choir is just as full, if not fuller than ever. Orchestra down here, and we used to fill up here. Now they're down here, and it's every service. Hey, men's prayer meeting, Saturday night, both at that property, this part, we have 100 men every Saturday. We've doubled with men's prayer here. Over there, they've more than doubled as well. Uh, there, there's hardly a time that you go by that you don't see someone kneeling on those steps out there or at the school over there in the grass, a mother, children, men praying, deacons praying that God said, we've never had that before. I'll tell you what, door knocking has been so awesome. Last year or year before, 50,000 Bibles to our city door by door. Last year, over 114,000 uh, uh, John and Romans to every door. Brother Braley, thank you. And all that took place, and this year, so many knocking the doors. Buses are running again. Oh, thank God. I heard a bus last week had 81. I had some this last week had 61. Buses are coming on. So when he's coming on, the radio has never reached more people than through COVID. Internet the same. Over 100 nations are watching tonight. God's still on the throne. And God is able to do exceeding abundantly above. We're still shut out of the nursing homes. 15 nursing homes. We haven't been there for two years. We have people that are dying and people that are ailing and people that are living alone in nursing homes in little rooms. And we go to the windows and we can wave in, but we can't talk to them. Somehow the jails, Brother Whitlow, you've been having revival meetings in the jails. And somehow we got in. One day, we've tried to do so much for the jails around here, but we're not allowed to take Bibles in. One day during COVID, the men's jail called and said, we need about 100 Bibles. Can you bring them? 
The next day, the woman's jail called and said, we found out you took Bibles. We took about 100 there. The next day, the next county over said, we need Bibles. Took 100 there. We had every single day, we went to Juvia Hall while there were still kids there, and we took every day over 100 Bibles for five straight days. That never has happened before, ladies and gentlemen. Things are still tough. I think of sweet Penny who was in this hospital for four, four days this week, but it never, she never, her husband was not able to come see her. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard. We had a man stand up and who was helped guide us through this, said, now I don't want you to spend Thanksgiving, and I want you to spend Christmas with your family. What a fool. America needs their families. America needs the house of God. America has never had one Sunday in her history until COVID when they said, no church. And then the governor of Kentucky said, no singing in church. Of course, there's a lot of science behind that. I don't know what next lockdown is coming. But I'm not looking at the next lockdown. I'm looking at this opportunity right now. Let's start again. Let's start again with the amens. Let's start again again with the giving and tithing and sacrificing and door knocking and visiting people and leading folks to Christ. Let's start again with fasting and prayer like never before. Let's start again working with young people, little boys, little girls, little children, the nurseries, elementary kids, junior high kids, high school kids. I, I tell you what, I could write a book what this church has done. I've seen people, let's conquer this. Let's conquer this. Let's not let them win here. Let's do what we're supposed to do and try to do it right, but let's go forward. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still, I pray, as I'm onward bound, Lord, plant my feet. Tonight I want to speak on, let's, let's start again. Let's start again. Verses 25 through 28, we have this lawyer. <laughs> lawyer. And a lawyer stood up, master. Oh, that's hypocritical. He didn't think he was the master. What's written in the law? And he said, uh, he said, I, I just want to know who my neighbor is. Who do I do this to? Jesus is not going to answer the question. He's going to give him a parable. He's going to tell us about Jerusalem. Jerusalem's the high point. Jerusalem's at 2,400 feet. Mission Peak over here, I grew up right here, and I'd look out my window early in the morning from Centerville, and I'd see Mission Peak, it's 2,700 feet. Jerusalem's 24, that's why you have the 15 Psalms of degrees. You'd walk up to Jerusalem, and you'd put your eyes on Jerusalem with the book of Psalms, and you'd see that place, and how beautiful uh, that place of worship was. And God said, Jesus said to him, he said, here is Jerusalem. And a man's going to Jericho. From Jerusalem to Jericho, it's 22 miles. Jericho is 1,200 feet below sea level. Jerusalem is 2,400 feet above sea level. Consequently, it's steep for 22 miles. And it's jagged. Consequently, there are canyons. There are caves. There's brush. It's a tremendous place an easy place to hide as a thief and wait for someone to come. And thieves, not a thief, thieves, the Bible says. Verse 30, shall we look at it? 
And Jesus answered, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among the thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him, and departed leaving half dead, half dead. Well, thank God, it seems like you should thank God, but it's not. Thank God a religious leader came by. But the Bible says by chance there came a certain priest that way. When he saw him, he passed on the other side. What are you going to do about the bus children in your neighborhood, in your city? You dear pastors are watching, what are you going to do? Buses are not running in America right now. And may I say to the people of God that are here, those that are watching, many dear pastors want to get the buses going. But here's what they're saying. I can't get a driver. I can't get a captain. I can't get a mechanic to work on the buses. I stopped out on Saturdays and get out there yesterday. And I'll tell you what, an army of volunteer mechanics, brilliant men, brilliant minds, computers, and a doctor and others that work out here, work on those buses for free, keeping them running. God bless those laborers. But why can't we just get one in your church? Say, I'll be the mechanic. I'll take care of the buses. I'll keep them running. I'll take care of fueling the bus. I'll be the captain of the bus. I'll be the driver of the bus. We'll go pick up five kids and maybe eventually 10 and eventually 20 and then 30 and fill the bus again. But this priest said, well, I, I don't want to be bothered. Why would you have a voice? I envy these people that can sing so well. Why would you have a voice and not want to use it for God in the choir? Why? Tell me. Well, I got to go to practice. That's the joy of it. And, I, and you go on time, which means five minutes early. Yes. Because this is not casual. This is not 49er football. This is God's work. 49er football will value zero in heaven now and later, but the work of God has singing the praises of God will go on throughout eternity. Why would you not want to join the choir? Here I think we start in 11th grade and 12th grade and our college students, North Valley, except for a couple missionary kids that perhaps have never been in a choir. And all of our people why would you not want to be in the choir? Why would you not want to sing? Why would you not want to take a piano lesson to learn to how to play? Why would you not want to learn how to play a trumpet? Amen. Why would you not want to be involved and in lifting your voice unto God and make a joyful noise unto the Lord? This priest, I don't want to get involved. Why would you want to be an usher? Oh, I tell you what, these men know. We look every, and they're up in the balcony as well. But we look every service when they come, dressed so, so sharp and so great, such great servants of God. I look down here, I'm so humbled, I get to be there, Pastor. We get to serve with them. Why would you not want to be an usher? Why would you not want to come to your spot? About 35, 40 years ago, we had a church in town, charismatic church. The pastor was a good man, nice man. I'm not speaking about their faith and all that now. He's just a nice man. And the church was going. 
Now there's weeds in the parking lot. They had a problem in the church. But they used to have 200 ushers. And you can say what you want about all their theology, but he required all 200 ushers in that church to spend 200 I spent two hours in their area every week in an empty auditorium praying for their station. Go ahead and criticize. I know, I know. What did God is fundamentally independent Baptist? We say, my area is serious to me. I'm going to know the people in my area. I'm going to see this one doesn't have a Bible. I'm going to see if this one needs Christ. I'm going to try to help them. I'm going to get them close to the gospel preaching. I'm going to pray that God would do something with my section spiritually and financially and that God would use my section for his glory. This one guy, this guy didn't want to get involved. Let's start again, ushers. Let's start again, nursery workers. I'm a twin. Our older sister ta- passed away during COVID. But my twin is Jill. I'm Jack. She lives in Florida. I live here. She's a, been a pastor's wife her whole life. You know, when we were born in Milwaukee, Brother Hoover, where you pastored for so long, Brother Coonley, an old GRB preacher, held us in his arms. He said, I dedicate Jack and Jill to your service and God be an heavenly treaper to raise them for God. You know, I'm not saying I'm anything, but whoever helped me in their arms there with the Lord now, whoever cared for me in the nursery, they're not alive anymore. But I'll be ever indebted whoever that lady was that helped me in the nursery and cared for me in the nursery. Hey, you sweet mothers, another night in the nursery. Yes, a night to sing, Jesus loves me. This I know. Oh, sweet baby. Oh, sweet baby, you're so beautiful. I'm so glad I get to hold you and rock you tonight. And the baby then spits up. And you smell the rest of the evening. Ladies, what a joy it is to serve in the nursery. I saw these men and ladies sing today. I remember holding you when you were born. I remember marrying your mom and dad. You know, I I just, it's all through this church. I'm glad there was nursery workers that cared for them. I'm glad that in every service station throughout this building and outside, there's security people everywhere. Just everywhere trying to take care of us and protect us. And people are on monitors right now watching things. College students, there's cameras up here and they're watching you hold hands under the hymn book right now. (laughs) I'm glad there's people that do that for us. I'm so glad there are men that stand out here in the parking lot attendance and give us direction. I'm grateful for the godly 41 deacons that God has placed in my care that love me and pray for me and pray for my wife and support us. And Brother Van Dyke, you and your precious wife, our chairman, and all the deacons that serve with you and with me here will always be forever grateful. 
And you people that are in this church that you're quiet, but you give and you tithe and you support and you pray and you come. And those that volunteers, we have hundreds that come. We have never in 17 years this August, we've been in this building. We have never paid a janitor a dime for this building because volunteers come and do it. People are walking in yesterday, oh, these floors are beautiful. I know. That sweet mother and her girls do it every week. And we've never paid a dime. The walls that are always painted, we paint nonstop around here. I'm talking about the fact of those 70 men came out last Saturday at 6.45 in the morning like we do every other month and wash all the buses, 30 vehicles in one hour. And it's done beautifully. And we eat Chick-fil-A. This guy didn't want to get involved, Brother Bertram. Yeah. Amen. I'm a religious leader. I don't do those things. Then you are in the wrong business. Another guy comes by. Well, this guy's a worker. Should be. Likewise, a Levite. The Levites were workers. They're the ones that carried the boards and the, and the walls and the tabernacle and the Ark of the Covenant. And they were the ones that transported everything and, and, and doorkeepers at the house of God. And the Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked at him and passed on the other side. We're missing out, servants of God. You young people that are in high school and Bible college and elementary school, I, I know that God doesn't put everybody in the ministry. But why would you not want the ministry? Here my Lord sent me. Why, why would you at least ask that? I battled with that so much in college and I remember the old man coming to preach. And he come, came and preached and he was elderly then. And he'd put, he used to have fire and zeal and he put his glasses like this and preached to us, Dr. John Rice. He said, I, I don't know if I was called of God to preach. I don't have these stories like others. But that song said, I volunteer for Jesus. And I volunteered. And now I'm old and tens and tens of thousands of people have been one to Christ and if I should not have done that, I'm sure God will forgive me when I get to heaven. It pays to serve Jesus. It pays every day. Well, you see, you know what I could be if, if I wasn't in the, in the ministry? I, and by the way, we have to have business. I've got a whole list of business people I pray for in our church. And thank God for you that you go to work so you can tithe, so you can pay me, so I can go golfing every day and sleep in and then go to coffee. It's wonderful to not have to work. I said to our church last week, everything my wife and I had, everything we wear, everything we have in life is because of the people Amen. of God. Yes, sir. I'm so indebted. Amen. And so when God, in his grace, 50 years ago, put us in the ministry together, I don't regret a mile that we've traveled for our Lord. And I don't regret the time of trusting his word. I know to many I'm old, but I want to start again. I want to keep, keep, keep the fire going. 
I want to keep passing tracks. I passed a track to a gal yesterday, and as I passed the track in the store, I, 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 I saw her take it, look at it, and it broke, broke my heart. I was already at the other side of the building, uh, other room there, and I saw her. She just looked at it and threw it right in the garbage. I said, Lord, would you please burn her heart to reach it there and get that out before the day is over? There are some homeless people around there. I said, or maybe they'll take it out and they'll go through the garbage to look for May they read the track that you must be born again. I want to stay in this thing. I want to try to win souls to Christ. I want to try to bless people on the pathway of life. I want to try to be kind to people. I want to try to sit down on these steps on Sunday nights and have the little kids come by after church and talk to them and howdy with them. Let them crawl all over me and, and tear me apart. Those, those are kids that are going to take my place one day here. Levi said, I don't, I don't want to get involved. I've been doing that my whole life. I've been carrying the boards. I've been moving things. Moses had us running from this place to this place for 40 years, that kind of stuff. My forefathers, and now I'm doing the same. I'm just, I'm just a, I just work in this church. Well, how could we make it without you? There's one more fellow. He's a Samaritan. The Jews despised the Samaritans. The Samaritans were half Jew and half Assyrians because of the war. And they would call them, and forgive me, they like ridicule, half breed. They'd call them names. And when they'd walk, they'd see a Jew coming, a Samaritan coming. They would cross over to the other side of the road. I'm not going to even be on the same path as a Samaritan. They're trash. Nobody in life should be trash to you, including government officials. God calls them ministers of God. And here's this Samaritan. The other fellows saw this problem. Ugh, the priest, the Levite, they got out of the way. Normally, you don't pass one another as a Samaritan, but what's the Bible say? Verse 33, a certain Samaritan as he journeyed came where he was and saw him. And he had compassion on him. If we're going to get started again, we're going to have to get our eyes open. We're going to have to look. God doesn't use necessarily a full-blooded Jew here. He's going to use a Samaritan. God uses many times the one that seems like they're not the one that God could use. Like 2 Kings chapter 9, Naaman, captain of the host of Syria. But leprosy came. And a little girl, the maid to Naaman's wife, said, Would God, my Lord, small letter L, would be with the prophet, the man of God, Elisha. All he needs, just a little maid said that. And the little maid got him to go see the man of God. And, and, and it was just a little child, a little girl. I think of that young nephew. And he got word that Uncle Paul was going to be killed tonight in transporting from the jail. 
And he went and told Uncle Paul, and Uncle Paul told them, and, and Paul's life was spared just because of a little nephew. I think of a little lad that had five loaves and two fishes. And God used him. And I think of a little brother, 17 years of age, a teenager, and he's going to be thrown in a pit by his brothers, and he's not going to see him until he's nearly 40 years old. For, for, for all those years from 17 to 39 or 40 or 41, depending on how you figure it, he was away from his brothers. He could have got bitter. But he said, God is raising me up to help me to deliver my family perhaps one day. You know, God used a little Jewish girl and she became the woman that said as a queen, if I perish, I perish. And she was able to spare her children, their people, her, the Jew. I think tonight how there was this little widow and all that she had was a little, her little mite. And she threw it in and God said, you did more than these other people that have so much more than you. I think how that God used a tax embezzler, Zacchaeus. And God used a religious leader by the name of Nicodemus, a ruler who came to Jesus by night to ask him the way of salvation and light. And it was also that Nicodemus that made sure that the body of our Lord was taken from the cross and placed with Joseph of Arimathea in a new tomb and they prepared his body. I believe in the Bible that there was a crazy man in Mark chapter 5 and they would chain him to the tombstones in the graveyard and they tried to take, take care of him and, 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 and feed him. He was an evil man. He was full of demons. And then Jesus passed by and he touched that man and healed him the, and the swine went out of him. Oh, and yet the crowd, the city says, we pray you, Jesus, get out of our town. Leave us. And the maniac said, I want to be with you, Jesus. I want to go where you go. And Jesus said, you stay here. Mark 5, you stay here in Decapolis. You tell your neighbors and friends what happened to you. And he went to the barber and said, hey, Ralph. And Ralph said, oh, 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 you're the crazy man. Not anymore. I found Jesus. Ralph, let me tell you about Jesus. And he won the barber, Ralph, to Christ. He went to the meat market and won the man at the meat market to Christ. He went to the grocery store and told the lady, he said, as you're checking me out there, I want you to know that Jesus changed my life. He went to the public schools and began to tell the gospel. By the way, you get to Mark 7, one, two chapters later, one year later, Jesus came back to Decapolis and the whole town came to see him. Why? Because one crazy lunatic who got saved made the difference. Well, who am I? I? I'm not talented. I can't quit telling God what you can't do and tell him what you will do. Little as much when God is in it. Labor not. For wealth or fame. What are we laboring for? There's a crown and you could win it if you go in Jesus' name. The Samaritan stepped up to the olive tree because he saw. Not only did he see something, he took action. He went to him, verse 34, bound him up his wounds and poured oil and wine and set him on his own beast and, and brought him to the inn and took care of him. 
he, he, he said, I, I don't always see a need. I'm going to meet the need. But then he took provision and contribution and investment, thirdly. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave it to the host and said unto him, take care of him. Whatsoever thou spendest, when I come again, I will repay. And our Savior's coming again. Oh, I'll tell you why. He pays good dividends. That's what the judgment seat of Christ is about. It pays to serve Jesus. It pays every day. It pays every step of the way. I look at these college boys. In a few weeks, they'll graduate. I envy them so much. They're starting off so young. And they have such a happy road ahead of them to preach, to serve, and to build buildings. Though I still have great vision in my heart, anyway, you look at it. I'm not in my 20s anymore, or 30s, or 41. <laughs> Been here 46 years, but I'm 41. I mentioned this morning that letter I got for, received from my father-in-law. I loved having that youth choir. We'd have about 60 kids. They'd sing on Sunday night, every Sunday night. That song came out, Thank God I am free, free. Oh, they'd sing that. A fellow by the name of Bill Gaither called me and said, You know, back in 70, he said, I got these two records. They're $5 each. Jack, somebody from his office said, would you sell them for us? They had those old, great old songs that used to write, not this vocal band stuff. We started singing those songs. We started singing, shackled by a heavy burden, he touched me. We started singing those great songs and all those old southern people from down south that moved up north to work in the factories from Mississippi and Arkansas and Alabama, Georgia. They'd get happy. You know it's true. They'd get happy. They'd get singing. They'd get lifting their hand. They'd be shouting, amen. We had no air conditioning, that big old thing. I, I was so drenched with humidity in that Chicago land area. But I don't regret it. I married that sweet girl. We've had such a wonderful life together. And I want to tell you something. One day your life is going to be over. You're going to be at the end of the journey. Why don't you serve God? Maybe not as a pastor or a staff member, but as a deacon, as an usher, and as a bus driver, and a servant of God. Here they are. And the one man that cared for him was the one that was the least one that you'd suspect. You know what he, he was probably singing, people need the Lord. He's probably just singing about it. I can help this guy. We're out of time. You pastors, I, I hope, I, I would hope that you don't think I'm criticizing one pastor. But we all know, ours included, the bus ministry died. 
all over America. God bless you. You, 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 you people that are listing church members all across America and around the world, your pastor had it just as hard as you did. And pastoring the church, it was very difficult trying to figure out how do I keep this thing going. Every pastor that's here knows a lot. You know what I'm talking about. And I'm not talking about old poor us. I had such faith and then some nights I had such worry. God, what are you doing? Our bus ministry across America, including this church, and it's rebounding, but it's died. Our nursing home ministry has 100% died. We can't get in those 15 nursing homes. Our hospital visitation, this man does all the same. We have so many with cancer and all. Our hospital, we can't get in the hospitals. They don't let us in. You can't get into a hospital. That's, that's the work of a pastor. I stood at the bedside of people before surgeries and after surgeries and during rehab and chemo and at dying deathbeds of so many. I sat, stood right there, right next to them, watched them draw their last breath. I think of family members many times said, are they still with us? I can think of several. I said, no. They just went to a land that is fairer than they. They just drew their last breath. I think of all the times I used to go to the hospital and see that little baby a day or two afterwards. Ladies used to stay at the hospital three or four days. Now you have the baby and 15 minutes later you're out of there. I've missed that so much. I could not go to the cemetery for over a year. I could not go to a cemetery. They locked it up, couldn't get in there. I'd go to the cemetery to pray and sing and shout. Can't even get in there until recently. I used to go to the salt flats and ride my bike out there. You get on the salt flats about three miles from here, which leads to the bay, which leads to the ocean. And you get on those trails on the salt flats and sing and shout and praise God and nobody hears you. They close it down. I couldn't go to the salt flats. These men were, I, I respect them so much because everything they were supposed to do was shut down. Have youth activities, can't have them. Have youth camp, can't have it. Everything, build your Sunday school class. Get the college going. Keep the buses going. Get some new groups going. I watch you teaching those tents with your big old coat on. Brother Oxford, I saw you try to keep a college going when it was not even in session. And our Christian school watched you dear teachers teach behind plexiglass with no people there. And they watched my video. Pastors, all of us have had things that have died. Maybe soul winning is not the same as it used to be in your church. As you watch tonight, if you could sing in the choir, next Sunday every choir in America ought to be filled. It's maybe our last window before they really put the tight screws on us. We have a window, take it. 
when we came here 46 years ago, March 1st. After a while, I said, let's have a choir. And I started a choir. Two men, George and Joe. And five ladies between seven people in that choir. We grew by 100 for the first 10 years, first 25 years, every year by, by, by 100. You could just all, when we were 13 years old, we were 1,300. We are 25 years old, we were 2,500. I led the choir until we were at 1,000, first 10 years. I loved it. Because I knew there was coming a dad to ever be a choir director again. Tonight, I'm just going to say, let's start it again. Our adult classes have just now, there's 16 of them, they've just rebounded. We had to regrow because I don't know how your church is, but they moved out of here. They still have jobs here at all the computers, but they moved all over the country. And I'm not faulting them. They had to do what they thought was right. And they weren't remote now. And then I don't know how it was, Brother Titus, in your church, Pastor, but we have people we can't get back. We just can't get them back. People I thought they would never, never not, they were, they'll stay, but we can't. We, 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 we have babysat, we've written letters, we've knocked on doors, we've tried, eat, we've done everything. Can't get them back. Is that true, Brother? Is that true? Is that true? Is that all you mean? It's true. We can't get them back. But isn't it something? We have more in the auditorium every Sunday morning now, Sunday night, than we did before COVID. God's not done with your church. God's not done with you. Hey, let's get the amens back. Praise God. Let's get, let's get back to the point your pastor's preaching. And all of a sudden, at the invitation, you have to be the first one there because you have to hit that altar. Let's get the tears back. Let's get the prayer meetings back. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.